Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Don't Quote Me. I'm your host Orla Condon and this week I'm joined by podcasters Keen Sullivan and James O'Hagan of Sissy That Pod and Queer Classified. The pair have been longtime friends of My Pod on Paper joining us each summer to discuss the latest villa goings on but also act as commentators on pop culture and often how it intersects with queer culture. Coming up on today's show... Luca Bish and Gemma Owen become the first Love Island finalists of 2022 to announce their split. Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde are also rumoured to have ended their two-year relationship. Joe Lysett puts his money where his mouth is as he gives David Beckham an ultimatum over his involvement in the 2022 World Cup in Qatar. And Elizabeth Holmes, the founder of Theranos, is sentenced to 11 years in prison. In other news, we're discussing why the crown hasn't earned its place on Our Loves of the Week, while Kean shares his thoughts on the Selena Gomez documentary and James is discussing the mediocre TV show that might be worth a free trial on Paramount+. Plus. Might. Lots to discuss. Let's get stuck in all right guys this week on the podcast we have two people who will be very familiar to many podcast fans but also my pot and paper fans because they come on and join us for chats every year it's mm-hmm. keenan james from sissy that pod i love to have chats with you guys welcome to don't quote me oh thank, thank you so much. much for having us excited to get was, stuck into all the news for this week yeah it was a real mixed bag of celebrity news this week like a, it was coming at us from all corners uh quite a few breakups we'll get into those um but it's a busy time of year for you guys right like like uh rupaul's drag race is busy right now are we near the, is the next week the final yeah uk season four ends on thursday canada versus the world has just started uh but i would say normally the start of the year actually ends up being busier because i'd say like once those balloons fall on new year's day it'll be season 15 you'll be talking about guys you know, all stars eight it'll yeah, be you know it's mad isn't five. it like yeah it's insane it's always on it's kind of like a soap <laughs> now it's just always on like yeah well, actually i got a chance to interview the executive producer of drag race there so our episode's coming out on monday and, oh amazing uh, 
And I did say to him, I was like, you know, your legacy now means every week I've got some drag race critique in my head. You know, yeah. <laughs> it is literally a two six five show. Yeah, it's it's huge, right? And like, it's obviously globalized out into other franchises and all. Mm-hmm. And like for you guys as podcasters, like, because I just think of Love Island and everyone kind of saying like, oh my god, it's hectic for how do you do it? And I'm like, it's eight weeks, you blast through it. Everyone's yeah. on the same. This is a slower you kind of have to maintain a pace with this that we don't really have to worry about so much at Love Island because we know that we're going to be done in two months. Like, does it ever feel like it's too much or are you just happy to consume anything and everything that comes your way? Well, I mean, as as announced earlier in the season, I'm actually departing the City That Pod train at the end at the end of january exclusive somewhat <laughs> exclusive um because part, partly because of that and there's other stuff that i want to do and i suppose the problem is when you know like all our lives we, we only have like a certain amount of time and space in it and as much as i kind of really love rupaul and being able to do that it does have that like weekly consistent yeah. take up of the time so eventually you do have to step back and go right well can i keep giving the time over to this because like you do like you do you get so sucked into some of the seasons but then some of the seasons you just aren't vibing with mm-hmm. at all i mean yeah. it's the same i'm sure for yourself with absolutely the same in love yeah. island like you get a season like last year where you're kind of bed into it and then you get one like the year before where you're just like i hear it's a slog. We, yeah yeah so yeah. like and, and also a lot of our time we spent doing it was during covid where you had different amounts of time that you could give towards it so like yeah this year we basically both kind of have been adjusting how we cover everything and we're yeah. going forward. There'll probably be a change to how many seasons we cover week to week and how many we're just going to cover like, yeah. after they're, mm-hmm. after they're done, I used to you know? see creatives post about projects, like leaving projects or ending projects. And I used to think it was like so cringe the way they'd be like, oh, I've just fallen out of love with it. I used yeah. to be so embarrassing. I'm like, who do you think you are? <laughs> but I totally get that. And, and I definitely feel that as Love Island approaches it's that feeling of like, like you said, James, if it doesn't deliver, we have to be there still for the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, And it's exactly. a huge commitment. And if you're not loving it, it's hard to have those conversations every single day and like yeah. be energized and excited. And so ever since launching my bottom page, I feel like that cr- cringy, embarrassing statement. I'm like, I totally get what you mean by just like, no, if completely. your heart is not in it, it's yeah. really hard work. I, when it's I, in I, it, it's the best crack. But mm, like, absolutely. And I think at the end of the day, like when you when you are, I mean, this is like probably possibly like massive levels of notions, or whatever. But like when you're making like a podcast that is going out that people are consuming and they're giving their time to listen to yeah. it, you want to try and be as upbeat and fun and like not kind of be 100%. like you know. Yeah. massive depression like being just like sort of fed directly into people's ears and there's some of the seasons over the last like two years there's been some real downers and we've got feedback I, I certainly have feedback about like my attitude towards the show appearing to be a bit more kind of disconnected in places and it has been and looking at that I was like you know what actually like I don't want to run this into the grain for me I want to sort of be able to say yeah. right and you know I'm also kind of am like Outside of Sissy That Pod, I am very involved in LGBTQ activism. I'm working yeah. with LGBT Ireland and doing a lot more work in the in sort of areas relating to particularly older members of our community. So I really want to focus my time and energy into that now and try and see where yeah. see where I suppose what more I can do if I have that more time to give over. But I will miss like the the buzz yeah. of, of Sissy That Pod. Oh, I'm got it. I'm interested because I'm well aware this is probably a very niche topic because the most people who listen to you don't make podcasts. But like, I was interested <laughs> to know: Do you get like grief when you say today was a shit episode on Love Island? Because I'm sure there's someone out there who might have enjoyed it. 
sometimes like I wouldn't say I grief for that sometimes I get people being like I really enjoyed tonight like I'm really surprised you didn't so like mm. not like not in an aggressive way but just like oh I th- actually thought that bit was really funny or I really like this and like I- again I think when you're when you're note taking through every episode and you mm-hmm. see that like you're just not you're not writing stuff down I I then get into recording I'm like fuck like the notes are short tonight because yeah. there was just nothing that was like grabbing me to pop mm-hmm. down so I don't think I get grief for that kind of stuff um I get grief about plenty of other shit but not, <laughs> but not like that stuff. I think there is a general understanding from fans as well that like not every night is going to be brilliant. Not yeah. every season is going to be mm. brilliant. And I think that was what we saw when people started finding us over the last couple of years from the Morning After podcast from ITV. That was like the common thread that everyone would say when they'd be like, oh, I've just started listening to my pot on paper and I love it so much more than the Morning After because you call out X, Y, and Z. And like, look, there's always room for improvement. I'm not saying my pot on paper my pot and paper is perfect but it was a frust- it was one of the reasons I wanted to start it was because the morning after was just so softball and like yeah. even if there was a shit episode they they didn't and in fairness they couldn't call it yeah. out so I think there's a general understanding from fans um mm. that like yeah not every but then you definitely have that responsibility to try and make the podcast at least worth yeah. it you know yeah, like, exactly. to things before that I've really enjoyed and people are like no I hated it and it just kills your buzz like whether it's yeah. like a movie review or something so I also get it from their point of view but like uh, you have to be true it, to your own opinion yeah you know? I mean 100%. The, the, other, the other thing as well is like it, it's so completely subjective we're, we're going to be chatting about, about like say Luca and Gemma later on and it's like obviously yeah. there's an enormous number of people for whom they were like the couple of last season but I would argue that everyone present in this call here, even those hiding yeah. in the background, has agreed that they were they were not the the I'm couple sure that we would have wanted. Have fallen off Orla's fan, Orla's radar as well because you were so angry. Yeah, I mean, look, podcast. I think people who have who have you know ended their relationship with my pot and paper has probably been because we we just don't agree, and that's and I personally love I love when people disagree with me on the podcast. Like I love mm. having guests on yeah, who are yeah. like oh my god I fucking love Luca and I'm like what like let's get into it like I love that but I definitely think I that's the part I find tricky about and we're really getting into the podcast stuff but that's the part I find tricky specifically about my pot and paper is when someone really doesn't like somebody or really does like somebody and I have the opposite opinion and mm. then they give then there can be a bit of grief for that of like how how could you say this and how and it gets a bit aggressive and yeah. I I don't want to be that person who's like start your own podcast do you know what I mean like as in like I'm just a fucking but also don't who because got the I don't want the to... I don't want the competition <laughs> I don't want the competition please 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 no but like I'm just an asshole who got the notion to grab a mic and hit record yeah. and put it up do you mm-hmm. know what I mean like yeah, there's yeah. no one giving me permission or telling me to do it I just I just do it I'm not working for like a, a network I don't have any I can just say whatever the fuck I want which yeah I'm sure some people love and some people hate mm. but like so that's where I find it sticky because it's like that's what podcasting is and that's why it can be great and it can also be not so great but yeah. that it's there's space for everyone to have a chat about everything at, from at the end of day, like you're, you're you're like the one who grabbed the mic like we're the ones who decided we we're gonna create this platform and do this thing so yeah. it, it was frustrating to me at one point like last year i think it was we and this should be the last thing before we actually move in to talk about stuff but we got like yeah. quite a lot of grief because we were th- there was someone who was tagging us into posts about the fact that kind of there was particular um editions of drag race that weren't being covered as like fulsomely as as like the, the American or the UK when a particular like drag race Italia was okay. kind of being like that. And like it was kind of like dude, we're giving up our free time. 
to do this like yeah. we, we are we are this is our we're, we're like it's not we're not, we're not like a national broadcaster we aren't yeah. the bbc we're not the nhs whatever we actually had covered it we just did it in our premium feed cheap breaks you wanted that much fucking pay for it yeah so. but anyway you can't please well, everyone you can't please everyone and yeah and i i don't know if you guys are like this but there's i definitely feel that pressure to try and please everyone which it's just a messy thing to get into because like that you're just never it's never going to happen do you know when people go on love island and they're like you just got to be who you are and see how like that's kind of it as well you kind of just yeah. have to do what you want um yeah. you do need I, to unearth that that the audio between you and Ema mccleiset about the great curtis debate we need to hit that, need, that needs sorry to <laughs> this whole every time i remember that she had a fucking crush on curtis Pritchard, i need to like yeah. uh, i need to like yeah, no, when I'm, that new ashling book is coming out you need to unearth that bad boy sorry. get it out in the air TikTok takedown. I mean, <laughs> oh my god, she no. And Emer, if you're listening to this, you know I adore you. But what, what were you thinking? She really loved Curtis. Like loved him. You could do a really shady edit as well. With when she's like, I just yeah. think he's like really great. And then you like, uh, you know, cut it into his like scene in Hollyoaks cameo. <laughs> oh my god, like a political hit, like a a hit campaign, like those <laughs> yeah. ads, like. Your beloved author previously <laughs> 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 said this <laughs> about this man. Oh, sh- like truly shudders. And um, before we get into the news of the day, I just want to preface for everyone who doesn't know this, which is everyone who's not on the Zoom call. I'm very hungover. I'm very, very hungover. <laughs> it is not. Um, it is not the ideal state of mind to be recording a podcast. But we've got two guests today, so hopefully that'll. <laughs> Less talking for you. <laughs> That's just going to help the momentum, I think. Um, but I am excited about these stories. And I know that you guys wanted to talk about a couple in particular. We're going to start off with Love Island breaking news. Luca and Gemma have split. Insert gasp here, if you're surprised. <laughs> Why? Um, so this broke a couple of days ago by Instagram story. Uh, Gemma put up a statement on her Instagram out of the blue, I believe on Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday, saying to all my followers, I wanted to let you know that Luca and I are no longer in a relationship. It wasn't an easy decision, but ultimately this is what is best for both of us right now. Many of you have been on this journey with us from the very beginning. I want to thank you for your con continued support as we start new chapters love always gem now this is what what are we three months sorry three months post yeah it was three to august, four, right? yeah, yeah okay. august end like we're like okay. i mean grant luca then responded a couple of hours later this was blowing up nobody was like shocked like it wasn't i don't think it was like big news until luca responded and then i was like oh this is interesting <laughs> He put up on Instagram story as well in a slightly different font. Uh, switched my phone back on after taking some time out to clear my head after an emotional afternoon to thousands of messages and news articles about my breakup. I would have liked some time to process this privately, but as you'll already know, sadly, Gemma and I made the mutual decision earlier today to go out earlier today. Sorry, every time I read it, I'm like, I know. <laughs> today uh, to go our separate ways we have been on such a journey together and have made some amazing memories in the five months that we've known each other that we'll treasure always uh i can't thank everyone enough for all their support for us as a couple and blah blah after the band. whatever it Grant. was very it was very tell me you've been dumped without telling me you're dumped like yeah yeah i heard mutual and i was like you know no and he was bullshit. like we'll remain good friends and i wish you the best like pal she wants nothing to do with you uh, she wants also, nothing to do with you the most the most savage burn of it all was like literally like 20 
20 minutes after Gemma had posted that like pretty little things put up like yeah let's hear it for our queen starting a new chapter <laughs> no I like I I don't want to make any personal attacks right because I'm aware that there's like a social media manager who runs those accounts but like what are you thinking what yeah. like wait like <laughs> like when you're like brand tone voice brand positioning what do we want to say about this this is what <laughs> this I know. is what we've just done like fuck <laughs> Yeah, we're we're excited to be on this, but also I mean, like I, I don't know, I I spent um the last kind of weekend catching up and watching The Crown season five, which if you haven't watched, is so boring. So disappointing. Don't go near it. Oh, oh, it really is. But it's got me in that kind of like the firm kind of mindset, yes. and so I've been looking at this, and it really is like the own clan came together and were like, he's never getting through the door. Like yeah. he was, he was like hung out to dry at that ITV Palooza thing about like two or three days ago, like two or three days before they oh. broke up, and he was all like, oh yeah, what's well, he like? Oh, it's gonna be our first Christmas together, so it'll just depend which family wins the bid to have us. He's like, oh, she's an amazing <laughs> girl. Can't wait to go. I, I can't wait to go visit her. And then he's like, oh, you know, we, we're doing a long distance thing. Like he's in London. And she's in Chester which is what I don't know like uh, not oh, that far away not, not a clear and it was she like, was in North Wales and he was in Brighton was well anyway not not sort of long distance by the sort of long distance uh, as far as yeah. long distance needs to be and he's like oh you know we don't get to see each other all the time so they're going to go down and visit her now for a few days and then literally come here and like there was apparently there was a, there was a photograph taken on when they were on holidays with the, the, the Owen clan where he was like cropped out by Michael <laughs> Owen as well that's like, a savage you know it was like he was like, I mean, he, he was oh, never no. making it. No. The old sorry, no as, soon, as soon as Gemma walked the red carpet at the end of the A's, arm in arm with her dad, I was like, they're dushed. They're done. Yeah. Like, there is fucking no way. <laughs> like, the NTAs for Love Islanders is kind of the big step out party moment yeah. for them. It's yeah. not attached to ITV. It's not one of the ITV products. It's kind of its own thing. It's one of the big nights in TV uh, in the UK. So it really is like a showcase point for them to show, like, what their red carpet glam looks like and them as a couple on the red carpet the fact that she went with her dad yes like no i know it, so it my just question is, is right if if, if we think the owens don't like him if we think that she was never that into him or whatever why yeah. why why is it three and a half months why didn't it happen straight away are we saying contracts are we like what what do you think i think that coming out of love island luca was like enemy number one like Jack's that Jack's hate train had kind of calmed down because he had been gone for a few weeks Luca really came out and he was the bad guy and I think I think if they had split then I think Gemma wouldn't have been able to avoid talking about his behavior and what she thought of the behavior and then her mother and her dad would probably be asked about his behavior and was that the reason and did you condone it I think it it would have been really would have been really tied up in that potentially and maybe they were like we just don't want to get into that kind of conversation. Yeah. We don't want it to be dramatic. We want it to fizzle out. Like from the minute his like storyline starts to change and he, people start to kind of go against him there, I have no doubt in my mind that like, like her mom and family and whoever else were at home being like, okay, well like what's the plan? Because it looks like she's going to come out of here with him as a couple. Like how mm. do we, yeah, how, what how do we, we want that? the next few months to look like? And what, like, do we get through the PLT deal launches? Do we kind of drain whatever few, like, drops we can get from them as a couple being interesting and couple interviews and all that stuff? I just yeah. think, like, now Let's it's use not... momentum for good. Yeah. And then when people, the eyes are off us, we'll break up. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah that, would, that would be what I would think. I, I, like, I mean, I think if I think back to... And it's, it's a, you know, kind of... My relationship with Love Island contestants in general is kind of that of the sort of, you know... um 
estranged parent who like picks them up for the two weeks. Oh, I'm exactly the same. And then like drops them back to boarding school the minute and forget about them. Like there's a couple of them that I I would like Dami and India and and Tasha and Ekansu is sort of unavoidable. But outside of that, I'm like the rest of them completely could forget forget about. So I'm even trying to struggle like what were my opinions at the time around like Gemma. And actually, I think it sort of just confirms what I believed when I saw her going in, which is that she was going in for the PLT deal. She was going in just for herself. Oh, and, it was a business you know, move, 100%. Yeah, a- absolutely. And it's kind of like, you know, fair play to her. He, you know, she sort of looked out and that he was sort of like a a, car- a figure who didn't do himself any favors. So like she can sort of leave him in the dust and no one's going to be like asking her any questions why or feeling yeah. like, oh, why did you string him along or whatever? Because there's enough valid reasons yeah. Why you would think like this is a this is not a, a good match and, it, and I don't know if you see him interview he's just so stupid yeah I just I just don't get I just think I I just think like he was not he was not the like the cardboard cut out that they wanted her to be with he was mm-hmm. not the solid kind of male to be on her arm that would kind of boost her presence and boost yeah. her brand and it just it feels clear in their statements because what I had read from sources what that was that they had aligned on statements and they had kind of come up with some kind of similar messaging sources close to her are now saying that Luca was in no way blindsided that they've been on the rocks for quite a few weeks and they'd almost split up a few times previously mm-hmm. um, and that they tried to go to Dubai to see if that would help things I don't know <laughs> Bye. Went to rehab is it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no it is um, and then, in the city too yeah and then, like, he is, his sources close to him are claiming that he is feeling really angry because, you know, he took a lot of shit in the villa and really was the enemy. And now he feels like he's just been dropped by her or something. And I'm like, well, of course he's good. Like, we've seen what he, how he behaved in the villa. Of yeah. course he's quick to anger. Like, that, yeah. that was his thing. And I, I, when I heard they were doing long distance, I was like, God, I'd say that was tough because I'd say, he was monitoring Needed. everything. I'd say he was looking yeah. on those Instagram yeah. stories. He was like, who are you hanging out with? Blah, blah, blah. So I can see that's how, that's yeah. definitely kind of yeah. would, would, would have driven the wedge. And what I kind of felt bad by is now that obviously these people aren't on their screens all the time, I felt there was no vessel for Ekansu and Davide or Tasha and Andrew or Dami and India to like be able to be seen as triumphant. That like, yeah, you know, you know, I feel like a lot of those couples were overlooked for... Gemma and I, Luca, and then yeah. there's no vessel for them to I, have their redemption. I don't know. I just think you need to take a quick spin through Dami and India's Iceland trip, and you're just like, oh, you're just guys. like, here is perfect people making yeah. perfect content. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but like, like, but like, and there there is so much to read into about their Instagram and on like social presence. Like, if you go on, and maybe it's changed now since the split. Like, maybe things have been archived or removed. But if you go on Gemma's Instagram, and this was all the way through Love Island as well, from her social handlers and from Luca's social handlers, Gemma was about Gemma. Her profile was was about her when she was in the villa and ever since I think there's been about maybe three posts with Luca yeah. like, as like the lead post on the grid like she's not featured him like heavily on her Instagram by any means it's been about her and it's been about her deals and her brands and her whatever his social media team while he was in Love Island was all about them as a couple them as a couple them as a couple them as a couple constantly and yeah. since then we've seen a lot more posts about you know the t- with the two of them together on his Instagram and I think that tells you what that power dynamic was like and what yeah. they thought the visuals of them as a couple meant for on either side. Like for him, it was seen as a strength to be with Gemma. For yeah. Gemma, I am reading that they thought it was a weakness for her to be with Luca. Yeah. And like, 
Dami in India, for example, or Tasha and Andrew, I think, look, I think Ekansu and Davide, that announcement is on its way in the next kind of, I would say in the next few months. But I think Andrew and Tasha and Dami in India are a great example of like a, what seemed to be a real couple and like posting about each other in a way that seems yeah. real, like watching them interact on TikTok or watching them interact on Twitter or wherever it might be. It just feels like a yeah. real couple. No, and it's and I mean I think like you know kind of success doesn't need to be defined by a relationship kind of like ending in in you know kind of like dying together eight years later. So you look yeah. at like a couple who've come out of the violent, like say Chloe and Toby, who did seem to genuinely be really in love and really strong together for a long time, and then you know yeah. have, appear to have broken up now. And it's like you get that sense of authenticity off them or off you know Tasha and, and Andrew and and Dami in India that you just never really got off. Ekansu and Davide, I just can't really figure out what's up with them. Like, are they even real yeah. human beings? But certainly with Gemma and Luca, like the whole over the top thing where he kind of like said, like, oh, I'm going to ask you to be my girlfriend with the like slow-mo pan in of like drones oh. over rose petals. How much regret How much regret has he got about that? <laughs> oh my God. That was only like two months ago. Like all the floating balloons. Oh, fucking hell. Ugh. Actually, Orla, I had a question for you. Who are your three favorite Love Island couples that are still together? Camilla and Jamie, 100%. Yeah. And I think they are the mm-hmm. natural like argument to everyone who's like ah they're only going on for fame I'm like mm-hmm. but Camilla and Jamie they're in love and they have kids and they're beautiful <laughs> together um, um, I I know most people will say Olivia and I can't think of his name I think it's Alex Bowen isn't Alex it? yes yeah yeah sorry mm-hmm, yes. Uh, from season two but I just I didn't have the investment in that series I went back and watched it kind of ye- like years later so I didn't yeah I don't have that same attachment but I know a lot of people will say them but for me I mean, who is still together? Are Paige and Finn Faye still and, together? Faye and Teddy. Oh, yeah. Are they still like, together? St- guys, they are still together. And I feel somewhat vindicated, actually. Yeah. Good um, for them. Good for them. them. Good for them. I lo- Yeah, they're cute. Um, And then who else? Like, I do love Dami and India and Tasha and Andrew. I think they're yeah. really good couples. Mm. I think it's still early days for us to be like, oh, brilliant, they're still together. Like, they only got together a couple months ago. But I have hope that at least one of those couples will still be together by next summer. Yeah. I think. What yeah, about I you guys? Is there Tasha, anyone I... Tasha and Andrew, I, 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 I have more love yeah. for, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so. Are yeah. Paige and Finn still together? Yeah. Oh, I don't care. Uh, yeah, they're it's like, okay. I mean, your man's is very, 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 very attractive. Um, yeah. And that's a, that's about the, the end of us. Uh, and Paige will, will just like, she never gave me a moment better than Louis Capaldi. Like, she, just, <laughs> she never gave me a better moment than that. So I was like, Grant, like, ha- I'm happy for you. I'm happy for you. And look, it ups the odds and stuff. And we can point to them as like, uh, see? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I in South Africa in January. I believe so. Lads, the fact that it's like two months away makes me ill. Like, it's so soon. It's so I, yeah, soon. I know. And it, I mean, I mean, at least the beginning of the year tends to be a quieter time, you know, for uh, for, mm. for socializing. I think it's make or break for it this year, though. Like, I think I think Winter Love Island, the first season, had so much to deal with that I think it was it was doomed from the beginning. Um, yeah. But I think this time around, they either throw everything at it to make it work or they, they cannot put us through, like, well, another I, eight I, weeks. It, it is, though, like, I mean, it, it comes to, like, it's the same with any reality TV show, whether it's Love Island, Love is Blind, RuPaul's Drag Race, it comes down yeah. to the cast and getting the yeah. right cast in there from the very beginning. And then, 
not over meddling or over producing that, that, yeah. that that's that's what makes magic and you know you can kind of tell like when you're watching as much reality tv as we do you can kind of tell <laughs> opening night like yeah this is gonna sink or swim. Real. Yeah. Also, yeah. Maya Jama might change things up because Laura has been quite stilted. I think the fact that Maya yeah. Jama has been like a Caroline Flack, almost kind of a girl who's been dating a lot. You know, she went yeah. out stormy. Yeah. Guys, they she... could be back together. And is it bad that I'm so happy about that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, oh like, I love I, I think, them as a couple. I think she'll be able to bring a lot more to it than Laura yeah. might have been able to. Yeah. yeah. I think I think they have an opportunity now to really tweak things and like really give it a, a a fresh kind of look um but like let's see they kind of have shown us that they're on they're a little bit reluctant to do that because it's such a cash cow like why fix something yeah. that's broken and all that but um yeah we shall see um, here's one last quick question is yeah, if you were Gemma's management team and you oh, were okay. going to like be it. like you you were you were going to be saying right we need to push her into a new show man so we can't let the girl pick for herself because the last one was Luca and before that was Jocks Pete Davis. who would you <laughs> <laughs> Duh. every day of the week of Pete course Davis. naturally naturally <laughs> case closed <laughs> oh, oh I just I just think she need it, it depends on where she wants to position herself and it seems that she wants to position herself as Queen Basic which I don't mean in like a hateful way because there's a huge audience for that but I that's where I think she wants to position mm-hmm. herself so it wouldn't surprise me if she started da- dating like a footballer or yeah. some someone in sport and having that kind of you know that kind of wholesome you know glamour girl with her sporting hubs like that wouldn't surprise me if mm-hmm. I were her I would probably or if I was her management or PR or whatever I would try and see what spaces she could monetize and is there people that could get her closer to those audiences so like you know oh jeez I don't know like Ronan Keating's son like Ronan Keating's son <laughs> I can't even remember his name Jack I love story that really puts me in Gemma Owen ushering in this new era of wags like yeah. that could definitely happen if they got yeah. her with like I don't know what age Marcus Rashford is I don't know many footballers I know he's current like yeah. they got him on like this hot new football guy maybe James you know, knows because he's work. wearing a sporting shirt I know. there well <laughs> as an expert of the sporting like I, I can think of many a hot young football dude that they could uh, <laughs> I mean I've heard that David Beckham is pretty fly <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, I, I think one of her strongest assets, and I, I have been surprised that they've not used it to bolster her brand, is the fact that she's, like, a really well-respected dressage rider. Like, she's mm. a really, like, qualified sportswoman in her own right. Mm-hmm. And it's weird to me that they haven't monetized on that a little bit more. Yeah. Um, so maybe something in, like, that space. I could also see her, like, getting with, like, some guy who's like third cousin to the duke of somewhere a royal oh, i was literally right. thinking a royal yeah like like a like a kind of a nobody but like this is how they're connected to charles do you know what i mean like it's like one two three four five six seven and then there's charles like okay so I we're could... saying either victoria beckham or diana yeah one yeah. or the other the, the two queens yeah <laughs> like, like, a, like a spencer matthews type link to the mm-hmm, royal like that mm-hmm. kind of you know mm-hmm. that's right yeah we shall see i think she'll disappoint but <laughs> I'd be like, oh, of course you might win. Maybe she'll also get back with Jax, like we've seen with Paige. Oh, oh polyamory, Paige, Jax, and Gemma back together oh. again. Um, oh. they're not the only split that have been reported on this week. Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde are no more. Um, taking a break, apparently. Taking, taking a break. A break, which 
when in the history of the phrase taking a break has it ever been a break um mm. they are taking a break as you said from the relationship after nearly two years together um a source close to the couple said harry's still touring and is now going abroad and olivia is focusing on her kids and her work in the la her work in la um and it's just not a good time for them uh, obviously they met on the set of don't worry darling like just over two years ago their relationship has pretty much been the main story to come out of that movie um, the whole time. And it's overshadowed much of the the promo and the press as we feasted over in recent months. Um, and obviously, Olivia also is going through somewhat of a public split from Jason mm-hmm. Stakis and getting custody of her kids and what that looks like. Um, so, yeah, like, did we see this coming? Yeah, yeah I, I did. Yeah, I it just was ever... messy, right? Like it, felt, yeah. it just felt like all the fun was taken out of it. I don't know if I ever really even bought them as a couple. Like, yeah, like when when the primary function of the couple seems to be promote, to promote a movie, I just think that's incredibly suspicious. Like, I guess the reason why I probably do buy it was because it seems genuine at the start, and they were talking about some movie, and blah, blah blah. But over the last few months, like I could I could imagine they may have broken up before, and they've just dragged it out for this movie, yeah. Because, like it was like I can't remember a press cycle like it in ages. Insane. It was no. insane. And did so much damage to both of their like public Absolutely. profiles, I feel. Yeah. Like everyone else, like I live or what's her name? Florence Pugh, it didn't seem to interrupt kind of her performance or the reviews of her performance or anything. But I mean Harry and Olivia could not escape no the drama. It was I, just I, I just I just I mean like just to focus in on Harry for a moment, like I just I don't like he's a, he is a cute twinky guy. He seems to be, you know, well, he seems to be a good musician, all the rest of it. But like I, I, he has like a track record with women, the same as kind of Pete Davis, it's like Caroline Flack, Nicole, uh, Nicole Scherzinger, Taylor Swift, Kendall Jenner twice, Olivia Wilde. And it's like with Pete Davison, obviously, there's this like whole big dick energy. But I can't think of a, a single person who like sort of maybe personifies like perfectly average penis energy quite as much as Harry Styles. So I'm like, what is it that is drawing all of these like yeah. A-list women into that camp? I just don't, I just can't figure it out. I I I would have always previously thought of him as like a really like a like a, had a good personality I thought he was funny like that was my perception of him and then watching him do the press tour for Don't Worry Darling I was just like fuck man you're embarrassing <laughs> like you're like mm. really cringe inducing <laughs> like just I personally thought like and the comparison I think I made it on the podcast previously I just remember watching you know Lady Gaga do the press tour for um A Star is oh, Born yeah. and you know you just need one person in a room of a hundred and all that bollocks but she really I think she really owned the fact that people were going to dismiss her talent and try and dismiss her performance because she was a singer. And I think she really owned that narrative and walked through the press tour with a very, with a huge amount of respect for this space that she felt she was given. And I think that was definitely a cultivated tone that was kind of built with her, with her PR and management. But I thought she really, she really, I think one people over who probably presumed that she was going to potentially be disappointing or she just got it because she was Lady yeah. Gaga and all that stuff. Whereas Harry went through the press tour with this kind of class clown energy. And I was like, sorry, you're up here with a like a group of actors who have worked and worked and worked in this industry over, you know, the last decade to a couple of decades, whatever it might be. I just didn't feel like it was the space for him to be like, oh, it's just fun being on a movie yeah. set. I was like, you need to like 
take it seriously. I, you kind of need to to convince me as to why you deserve to be the leading man. Yeah, I actually think this has been quite a bad year for Harry Styles. Like I know a lot of people would say otherwise. I personally feel Harry's house, although it's been incredibly successful, I feel like it really lacks the charm and swagger that he has that made people like him. Like, I think you could imagine any singer sing that. And then I think in terms of his acting chops, I think people are beginning to realize they're not really they're there. They're not there. <laughs> and, and I think he's, he, he, he's yeah. kind of, he might be suffering from overexposure. I think yeah. people are seeing that he might not have what it takes or, you know, maybe he hasn't put the work in to show that he deserves this overexposure. And, I, and I, I'm really interested to know how he's going to fare at the Grammys this year and what, yeah. what next year is going to look like for him. Because yeah. I, I kind of want him to go here. away. I kind of want yeah. an Adele type hibernation from him. And like, look, I, it's not all on him either. I do think we've been just totally over delivered uh, Harry Styles content on every single platform imaginable. Yeah. Mm. And like, I know it from journalism pals and other people. Anything that you put, you know, Harry Styles in SEO is going to perform. Like the 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 thirst for information and content and videos and all that stuff on him is massive. So therefore, we are getting served so much. So potentially, some of it is not his own doing. But yeah, I totally think. I I think there had been this narrative that you know he is one of the greatest gifts to music in you know decades, and now he's going to become an actor alongside. Florence Pugh, one of the most exciting actresses at the moment. And it's all just fallen short for me. And now I know there's going to be someone who DMs me being like, he was brilliant and he tried so hard. And like, I don't doubt that he tried really hard and I don't doubt that he works really hard, but it just feels like they're trying to convince me that he's a game changer. And I just don't really feel he is. I do think it comes back to the, to, to the, the gratitude thing that you were saying. And it's not that like everyone always needs to like be sort of down in their, their knees, like, you know, sort of praising and thanking for any opportunity yeah. they get. But I think that like when you are like, there's been so much conversation recently around like nepotism babies and these sort of like children yes. of celebrities who have like managed to get these advances and they're trying to shift the narrative to be like, oh no, it's more difficult for me because I have the, the, the weight on my shoulder. It's like but the doors that are opening for you. And yeah. like, Harry's kind of like when Harry chooses to like move over from music following like the success of One Direction into acting and sort of automatically gets taken seriously when he may or may not have deserved to have been taken seriously and starts getting offered these gigs that other actors would like absolutely kill to get. And then is kind of coming and doing this sort of like jokey pissing around, not really taking much of anything seriously. It's all very tongue in cheek, wink, wink, kind of like a yeah. bad impersonation of a sort of a, I don't know, a, a stereotype of David Bowie kind of a, a thing yeah. without any of the class or intelligence. I don't yeah. know. I, I, I'm I like, and I do think that like to bring it back to himself and Olivia, like I just feel like she has taken, like it has been yeah. like, like he he has kind of been able to be this class clown and he has come out relatively unscathed from this. But like, it feels like Olivia yeah. Wilde's entire career is just like now sort of, I, I, you yeah. know, it's like it's like I when, don't know people. No, people weren't talking about her before this movie. She had that movie Booksmart. Ah, uh, I think that's really, unfair. Like, like Booksmart was huge, and I, I felt like it was. And it was such a. I thought it was such a pivot for her career in that it was like. I mean, she was a well-known actress, but she certainly wasn't like you know top-tier Oscar-nominee yeah. actress. You know that wasn't you know to hmm. me she'll always be the lesbian from the OC. So yeah. like that's my point of reference. Or, or, or but, the lesbian from House. Yeah. Or yeah, the lesbian from House. Um, not to overlook her other work. Um, but Booksmart, I felt like 
pushed her into this new space and Booksmart was such an exciting a genuinely exciting film to watch and the kind of stuff that I can imagine you guys felt similar that like I wish I could watched as a 15 16 mm. year old you know looking at high school in America and this was the story I was given rather than the, all that other shit we got fucking 10 15 years ago yeah and I I just felt like she was building up this level of respect that she was I don't know and I this has to me dented it massively I also yeah. think her relationship with Jason Sudeikis on the face of it was a really love it like was a really lovely celebrity it felt like a match yeah yeah and it was like a nice relationship for for fandom of of red carpet events and all that kind of stuff for people to like enjoy them and what would they do in the red carpet and like their cutesy little moments and <clears throat> I I was like this is a nice wholesome you know image that she's portraying she her work is quite exciting and she's getting into new spaces and then don't worry darling came and the, the Harry links and then you know her getting served papers on stage during a talk and like it's I just feel like it's been a rough a rough year yeah but, but I take your point like I think she has lost respectability but I think she's a household name now when she wasn't before like well, I don't, I, I don't yeah. her household name. I, I don't know if you think back to like kind of however many millions of years ago when they were doing that Snow White and the uh, like that that, that Snow White mm. movie with Kirsten Stewart and the director whose name is getting out of my head and Charlie's oh. Theron that one yeah, yeah, but so when when there was like when there was you know it obviously emerged at that point that the director and Huntsman? and the, yeah the Huntsman that they were having a that they were having an affair. <laughs> Ian is just like filtering through words and <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I know. I'm like that mirror. I like that Matt's <laughs> like lady meme at the moment, yeah. but I'm going through. And James like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, but, right. but anyway, back yeah, yeah. to my point. Oh my uh, god, no, yes, like, the pictures. But all the pictures came out about like you know this kind of like illicit affair and them kissing and. And then like her career was super damaged and she got like took the brunt of all of this because it was seen that she was destroying poor Robert Pattinson. Donald fucking Trump was out after oh her for God. like months and months. And like your man kind of got to like slink back into his career in a sort of, you know, whatever. And like, it's not the same situation, obviously, but it feels like as if yet again, it's the woman taking the brunt of the, the criticism for kind yeah. of just like expressing their, experiencing their lives as it is. I mean, and we'll never get to know what Don't Worry Darling's release would have looked like if it hadn't been for the sort of circus that was around it yeah and whether then that would have softened people's opinions of it because like well it's got like a 39 percent fresh rating on rotten tomatoes so like yeah can i ask yeah, did any of you see it no i did yeah i did i think i it was fine like it was grand florence Pugh was amazing harry styles was terrible i mean no he wasn't terrible he was so utterly mediocre and then when he was up next to someone as impressive as far as Pew, it was like, oh, yeah. you're just, you look so much worse now because she's yeah. so good. Like there wasn't a, a, a match there at all. Like, I don't know how mm-hmm. they passed chemistry reads and all that kind of stuff. Like she just like outshone him. Ten and, the, yeah, and the only real winner of that whole thing has been Florence Pew. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it has. And Chris Pine's dying inside face. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> Which would have been me as well if I was like a seasoned actor who's had to like, do my fair share of shitty movies and then yeah. I finally get in these like juicy roles and I'm sat next to Harry Styles being yeah. like it's just a real movie that you'll watch in the yeah. cinema you know like and he's like I would have been like please yeah. make it stop at least people are calling Chris Pine a seasoned actor now because I don't think yeah. they were before yeah that's it <laughs> it's the little salt and pepper in his hair you know it's yeah. like oh he's an actor <laughs> Hi guys, just jumping in here with a little note on our next story. We recorded this episode on Sunday and as of Monday evening, there have been some updates to add further context here. 
Joe Lysett took to Twitter today to confirm that he did not shred the £10,000 he claimed he had, but had actually already donated it to a list of LGBTQ plus charities, even before he had put the call out to David Peckham to cut ties with the World Cup in Qatar. This comes as many teams, including England and Wales, have reversed their decision to wear the One Love armbands during all games as a sign of solidarity with the LGBTQ plus communities. Why? Well, a joint statement from the country's associations read... FIFA has been very clear that it will impose sporting sanctions if our captains wear the armbands on the field of play. As national federations, we can't put our players in a position where they could face sporting sanctions, including bookings. So we have asked the captains not to wear the armbands in FIFA World Cup games. We were prepared to pay fines that would normally apply to breaches of kit regulations and had strong commitments to wearing the armband. However, we cannot put our players in a situation where they might be booked or even forced to leave the field of play. The editor-in-chief of Attitude magazine has supported and praised Joe Lysett in a statement that reads, The fall of David Beckham's star has has been fast and heavy. It's a reminder that being an advocate for not just LGBTQ plus rights, but women's rights, immigrant workers' rights, and any human rights should not be lip service. It's not a trend to boost a person's profile. Human rights are not a fashion statement to be made to generate coverage in the style pages of tomorrow's magazines. They are not a new haircut to stir up media attention. They are real issues that affect the livelihood of billions of vulnerable people around the country. Joe Lysett's prank worked to highlight the flippant attitude David Beckham has to human rights and what a price tag he had in order to turn a blind eye to the corruption that awarded Qatar the World Cup by FIFA. It all amounts to making this year's so-called beautiful game a truly ugly moment for sport. Okay, we'll move on to talk about a story that has a big update today as we record this. It is Sunday evening, so earlier today, Joe Lysett posted a video on Twitter. I think he live-streamed it as well. It's on all of his social platforms, shredding £10,000. Why, you may ask. I would ask, where have you been? Um, (laughs) He posted a statement last week uh, with an ultimatum for quote-unquote gay icon, gay icon David Beckham uh, over his ambassadorship for Qatar and the World Cup which is taking place there currently um, he said that unless David Beckham pulled out uh, and pulled his support for the World Cup in Qatar uh, that he would shred £10,000 was there also more to that that if he, David Beckham had to match the donation or something? I don't I think it was just like pull the like just pull the yeah. pull the, 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 the promo for the, pull the gig. Pull the but plug yeah, in the that gig. ten thousand would have went to charity had he that done was that. it. Yeah. That was yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, was either gonna be shredded it. or it was gonna go to a queer yeah. charity. That yeah. was it. Um it has been reported that Beckham signed a multi million pound deal with the FIFA World Cup hosts, um, which Lice it says was worth ten million pounds, but other reports have put it as high as hundred and fifty million pounds. Um the reason that Qatar some well, I mean some of the lengthy list of reasons why it's very problematic that the World Cup is taking place in Qatar is that um, their human rights record, um, their laws about same-sex couples and the thousands of deaths of migrant workers since it's been announced that Qatar would host the World Cup. I know, James, you wanted to talk about this in particular. Um, It's just... It's yeah. a doomed affair, and I and like we've talked a lot about people's branding and positioning themselves over the last couple of stories. How does David Beckham? How was well, I, this an idea that he thought was good? I like, I don't like. I mean, I think it 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 shows the absolute lack of 
I, I don't, I don't, I don't. First of all, just to say that I, I have been getting a huge amount of joy of what out of watching the World Cup, like absolutely disintegrate into chaos over the last while. This sort of yeah. like you know insane stories coming out about sort of the 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 agreements about selling beer, not being allowed to sell beer, the sort of horrific numbers, like six and a half thousand migrant workers, like, and it's it, it just is it just. Like I, w- I also was watching the show on Netflix because I think it's like FIFA Undisclosed. I've only watched a couple of episodes, but it's about kind of like the corruption within FIFA. And you really see this play out. And it's that people think that they are, because they're part of football and football is seen as the great thing that unites the world, that they are above everything else. And that they always have the sort of fig leaf of, oh, but I, it doesn't matter what the people where we're playing the football are doing. This is about the global sort of, you know, unity of football. And it's like, that fig leaf starts to just get a bit feathered away when you are going to a country where sort of women aren't allowed to drive cars and aren't allowed to leave their houses without chaperones, where there's like massive levels of, of assault against like hotel workers, against and, and queer people aren't allowed just to exist. Like they, they are, I think it's not the death penalty, I think. Prison certainly, and the seven death penalty years, for uh, seven years prison, but it's death penalty for Muslims. But yeah, and I just think that like it, for Joe Joe Lysis was absolutely right to target David Beckham for this because he has yeah. been courting his queer fan base since the early nineties when he yeah. was part of the coining of the phrase metrosexuality. He started reaching out to uh, to 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 queer audiences, and you know, as Joe Lysis said, self said in his statement, he married a Spice Girl, which is about the most homosexual thing you can do. Like in himself yeah. and Victoria have relied on and been part of the queer community for decades now, and it just shows the thoughtlessness with which he thinks of his gay supporters, gay followers, gay fans of of football, that he would then go and sign on for this. And it's a a really bad mood. But the the problem with it is, I think that because Joe Lysett has actually, you know, shredded the money, most of the coverage is going to be like, well, what could Joe Lysett have done with that £10,000? Oh, so this this is the part that frustrates me. And I saw, I think when I checked just before we came on to record that he had deleted the the tweet, um, I don't know. Oh, it's back actually now. So maybe he archived it for a while. Um, And I think there was someone underneath who commented, um, yeah, this someone tweeted underneath his his video saying this has raised awareness for how little people still value LGBTQ lives. It's raised awareness for how people who claim to be allies can be bought and raises awareness of how vile this whole farce of a World Cup is. That's a lot of value for 10K. And I think that's what you need to yes. look at this is if Joe Lice had spent 10K on advertising to advertise how much of an atrocity, atrocity it is to host a World Cup in a country like Qatar, people wouldn't have questioned it this was just a way that was way more impactful and was guaranteed to make headlines more so than any other, you know, video campaign or anything else that he could have bought and paid for. Yes. You can say, Oh, what could that Mm -hmm. money have done? But what the money has done is made this the front page of every paper. It has put the pressure back on David Beckham and all of these other people who say that they support, you know, you know, they support the LGBTQ plus communities, they support women, they support this, that and the other. But actually, when it comes to a paycheck, they can park those so-called sports. So I think you can look at it as shredding or you can look at it as he bought up ad space with a campaign about how much of a farce this is. And for 10K, like that girl said. No, I and that's I I was thinking like I I think that as well. It's like for the cost of 10,000 of his 10,000 
yeah. pound sterling. He has been able to create a, a, an information awareness raising campaign, the likes of which you literally for millions yeah. of, of pounds wouldn't be able to create. And I do think that it is like, it's so important that a lot of people who will get in front, hopefully it'll educate them a bit more on what the actual issues are. And hopefully it does get through to David Beckham and to people like that who do sort of pink wash over the course of Pride or during queer events to sort of say, look, I'm, you know, I'm here, I'm standing with the community. That it's yeah. not okay to just kind of push the community aside and say, oh, I understand. Like, did you, did any of you watch the, or read about the, like, insane press conference with the president of FIFA the other day where he no. said he so I can't remember his name, his name is something like President Infanitissimo like he's a fucking Marvel villain but like he he came out and said that actually the way the West was covering this was racist against the population of Qatar and that he as a red haired and freckly Italian boy growing up in Switzerland actually understood what prejudice was. He knew what it was to be gay, what it was to be disabled, what it was to be a migrant because he had experienced that through growing up as a red headed child in Switzerland. And I was like, how divorced from reality do oh you need gosh. to be? I don't know if you listen to the Guardian's uh, today or no, the Guardian's daily podcast, whatever. But they had a doctor, a Qatari, a Qatari doctor on who who has now got residency in the US, um, who apparently was the first Qatari person ever to come out publicly and has put his family at danger by doing so and can't have any contact with his family and stuff and it's it's a really great conversation to hear like what it's like for queer people over there what it's like for him being a queer Qatari not being able like if he gets in contact with his mom she might be arrested and you know they they ask him they say you know some people will say that the that the law the life over there is their culture and should the culture not be you know respected and he said, if your culture infringes on human lives and it's not culture. And I thought that yeah. was a really great way yeah. of phrasing it to like yeah. to snap down anybody who's being like, you know, this is racist against Qataris, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, no. Yeah, it, it is interesting. Like just to, to bring us into like a, a little queer comparative study, like I do remember back in was it 2019 when Eurovision was in um, Israel, was in Israel, mm-hmm. like there were so much conversations around boycotts within the queer community specifically. I know people were saying that like, as much as they love Eurovision, as much as it's about unity, that because of the circumstances in Palestine, they they wouldn't be able to, And like, you know, lots of people have different opinions on this, but it was like a, a real conversation happened and there was a real sense of like, oh, actually I can't engage with this because yeah. of how, of, of, of sort of like, you know, issues that are going on in the real world that are affecting real people's lives over there. And it's sort of a shame to see the straight community, you know, like Robbie Williams yeah. saying that, like, he wouldn't even be able to perform in his kitchen if if he, it, 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 he'd be a hypocrite not to take the gig over there. And it's like, just these people who have courted queer fan bases and pink washed over the last. Sure, Shakira like, as well. Shakira almost did it before she backed out. And, yeah. You know, I love my Colombian queen Shakira, but she's had a ropey <laughs> year with the <laughs> and now this. You know, at yeah. least she backed out. She gets like a two out of ten points That's for that. It. But like, That's it. come on. I saw, I saw a little while earlier as well. Um, the BBC were not covering the opening. Uh, ceremony, I guess you call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that today or was that yesterday? I think, I think that was today. Yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday. They didn't show that, which normally they would for, for a World Cup. So there was kind of discussion about, you know, fair play to the BBC for not showing, you know, anything outside of the sport and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, yes, it was, it's, yes, it's, 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 a, it's, a, yeah. it's a statement, but it's, mm. 
pretty fucking yeah. light. Do you know it's what I mean? Awesome. It's just yeah. and and like even Joe Lisa put up um uh image I think yesterday uh of an email he sent to David Beckham's PR team kind of saying you know so can I expect a response from David Beckham or are we just ignoring this like like let me know should I fire up the shredder like what to, and I think I think David Beckham has kept quiet on the Qatar stuff there's been a lot of backlash all year for him and I think he has kind of been like you know let's ride out the storm mm-hmm. I mean anyone who thinks he queued to see the queen as just you know just that <laughs> You can believe that. I think there's always <laughs> ulterior moments, moment like there's always ulterior motives, and I think that did a huge amount to kind of, I suppose, bring back that narrative that he was just a humble teenager who wanted to play soccer, and he, you know, he just got his shot and he made it big and yeah. he loves his country and blah blah blah. And I think it was a distraction from. We. I also was talking to someone recently who was saying, oh, "Who was this?" Uh, was saying that. Uh, they had they read it or was it on a podcast that the the all the drama between Victoria Beckham and Nicola Peltz and Brooklyn Beckham was all another story. And I mean, I have said this about the Kardashians time and time again that I do believe Chris Jenner has like a little folder of goss, a little folder of stories that she can pull from if and when she needs to move oh, the yeah, narrative and that, move the conversation. Spin, that's yeah. what spin doctors do. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And so it would again, that would not surprise me if the Beckhams, who are a well oiled media machine, I mean, how they handled the Rebecca Lou stuff and came back from that was like yeah. iconic. And... I was gonna say, like, this is just a bad PR day for, for David yeah. Beckham. And he's been like, yeah. in three months, people aren't gonna care about this and also have my millions. Yeah. I, I, I like I mean, I think that the some the thing is some people will remember and some people will and I, I do think that you know within the queer and more liberal leaning um more liberal leaning kind of world we're more likely to put our money where our mouth is in supporting the people who we like in the way that sort of mm-hmm. people on the other end of the spectrum don't tend to so i yeah. think that like you're making a, a you know there there will be you know if there is like a pride endorsement or a pride campaign that comes out david beckham can be sure that from now on this is going to follow him and he's not going to yeah. have the easy rides that he's had up until up until this point um and Sorry, again, that wasn't me saying no one's going to talk about it but i think that's oh yeah saying to yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah for yeah. sure yeah i, I did sure. think it was is interesting so mel c who obviously is like you know the the entire the, the sort of the the queen of the gays, the, the sort of like our 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 national icon, uh, did like was asked about it and did address it and said it had put her in an awkward situation with Victoria because she's a good friend and with David because she knows him a long time uh, about the fact that she couldn't possibly um, you know. And if Sporty Spice is telling you that your sports yeah. deal is wrong, you need to listen. Like I, w- I would like to wrap this save it up though with, with the question: Are you actually allowed to broadcast yourself destroying money? So I looked this up because I I also thought that that was something, especially in the Queen's England. I was like, mm-hmm. this would surely be, or the King's England as it is now. And when inflation um, is, is an issue, taking that 10 grand out of the marketplace isn't going to help anybody. No. <laughs> so it is illegal in, illegal in the UK to deface a banknote in any way. Uh, through the Currency and Banknotes Act of 1928. Um, but it is not illegal to destroy a banknote altogether, for example, through burning. Now, if he had done what he did in the US to a US dollar, it would have been illegal. And in other parts of the world, it would have been illegal. But destroying the banknote entirely was not illegal, but actually defacing it would have been. Feel like there's a little 
loophole there in the currency bank banknote act of 1928, but uh, I'm sure it'll close. Nice okay, so it, could, it could be legit. Like I was wondering whether it was a fake know, money or something. Fake money, and he maybe he donated it to the charity behind closed doors or something like that. You know, but maybe maybe it was legit. I mean, maybe maybe he'll still do a donation or something. Mm. But but again, I think I I think that person on Twitter and many others who have said it, I think you can't if if you have if that's your issue with this whole thing that he mm-hmm. shredded in money you need to pivot to the awareness that he bought with 10k and that yeah. kind of ad space to buy you just 10k would have been piss in the wind like it just would have yeah. been pointless like yeah so, so you can look at it as he shredded it or you can look at it as he invested in ad space for a really worthwhile conversation mm-hmm. and every i mean every news site had that as their lead story over the last couple of hours as the video went live and i think that's yeah 10k well spent i think yeah um okay our final story of the week elizabeth holmes has finally been sentenced do you got have you guys watched the dropout have we and the we're podcast. And the we're, podcast. We're all up on it. Don't mm-hmm. worry about it. Guys, covered. This little lady, uh, she was once <laughs> described by Forbes as the world's youngest female self-made billionaire, uh, but her startup Theranos collapsed after a series of articles in the Wall Street Journal in 2015 uh, questioned the technology she claimed to be revolutionary. Um, she set up Theranos, like I said, and sh- she promised that her company would revolutionize how patients received diagnosis by replacing traditional labs with small machines designed for use in homes, pharmacies, and even on the battlefields um, and would use just a single drop of blood to diagnose dozens and dozens and dozens of conditions um just true like i mean revolutionizing the healthcare system in the us mm-hmm. and around the world was a, a true claim to make if her technology mm-hmm. did what it right. claimed to do um it, the company was once val- valued at nine billion dollars um but this week she has been sentenced to more than 11 years in a u.s federal prison for conning investors and endangering patients prosecutors were also seeking 108 uh, million dollars in compensation from homes um, and that amount covers most of the nearly one billion dollars she raised from a list of sophisticated investors many of whom there would be names that you'd recognize I mean she she didn't get what the prosecutors were seeking they were seeking I think 15 years and like I said that big payout as well I think her legal de- team were asking for like a commuted sentence and um, community service and fines and all that kind of stuff basically keeping her out of prison um, which I mean this is far closer to what the prosecutors were demanding yeah. than what she was Um she has a baby on the way she has one child who is I think under one years of age Um, so not ideal circumstances for her her kind of health wise but i mean this is surely comeuppance for someone yeah you have just... to think the baby thing is a is a cunning device to try keep her out of jail are you saying she like yeah. snipped a hole in the condom or something to like well i unfortunately i think there's a machiavellian side to her having those kids which makes it even worse like if you if you yeah like most people if you think you might be going to jail in yeah. two years you might not and look maybe it's because you want to have kids but you're not going to be there to raise them. So, like, I, I know it's it, yeah. it just makes me feel a bit ache when I think about the kids yeah. in the whole situation. Yeah, there's definitely yeah. A, a kind of a morality issue there of, you know, what would I, would I do that? I don't know if I, I if I would. I, I totally get your point. And it would be naive mm-hmm. of her. It would have been naive of her to think that what her legal team were asking for was, you know, 
a, a likelihood yeah. or a possibility or a strong possibility because I mean all signs were that prosecutors were going to get something mm-hmm. that they felt yeah happy but she's with. currently not in jail and I'm not entirely sure why is she out on bail and I don't know why now that she's been she's not in jail because they're gonna appeal it but apparently even if her after if if she fails her appeal she'll still have to do the same amount of time it's not going to be built in while she waits for an appeal yeah and I know there's sometimes they do things as well like I've seen on previous cases like high profile cases where it's been parents who have young kids sometimes if it's this close to Christmas they'll say you know report for your sentencing on the far side of Christmas now I'm not Mm. sure if that applies for federal prison it feels like this should be more of a like handcuffs on in you go like it starts now um but yeah I presume there's a set date for her to kind of yeah Check in. And it's it's one of those like it's it is like because the kids like thing is it, listening to the podcast over the number of years like that this story was kind of going on and like seeing like how sort of Machiavellian and how sort of I suppose sophisticated she was in 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 the story she was trying to tell how yeah. it was so clear that she is this you know incredibly intelligent um I might say sociopathic who knows kind of person um but the way she sort of suddenly flipped and tried to present it that actually she was like this you know very innocent yeah. uh person who had been sort of taken advantage of by her business partner and then like to, to completely revamp her image and come back as this sort of you know homely you know woman with children with this beautiful husband as well like yeah. it, it, do, it does feel very much like she's trying to like get our sympathies and it worked like I feel yeah. very sorry for for her going off to prison but at the end of the day when you look at what she did and what she was able to get away with, you think yeah. not only does she need to go to jail, but there needs to be like an overhaul of every single system that allowed yeah. this to happen. <laughs> yeah. They're calling yeah. it the biggest con to have ever happened in, in Silicon Valley. And I think exactly what you both said, I think for anyone who might be buying into kind of the sob story that, that her team has, has, has used in court, which you would expect them to do that as their job to try and, you know, pivot public, perception was deaf I mean and that definitely played a part in this court case as well the fact that her story was so well known I think if you're starting to feel that sympathy and I definitely do as well I definitely get bought into that kind of stuff like when I think of the fact that she's pregnant and I'm like there's you're gonna have a baby in the next like I don't know six months and then you're looking at 11 year sentence like what does that look like for you as a mother and all that stuff but this is a woman who you know deliberately altered her voice and her look and all of this to to present a very deliberate image and to to get a very specific reaction from people and to create a brand that she thought communicated the message like this is a person who has cultivated that over years Mm -hmm. she practiced changing her voice she you know she wore the, the the turtlenecks because she believed like she knows what it is to use image that, those kind of tools yeah. Yeah. yeah so like you can't think that now as she arrives in court with her kind of hair tumbling in curls and she's wearing kind of little you know pinafore dresses with cardigans and blazers and she's holding the hand of her very attractive husband and she's putting her hand on her tummy and you can't believe that all of that is you know has not been thought of I mean yeah like we saw with Anna Delvey as well which I think the two of them are kind of linked now because of the dropout and um what was the Anna Delvey one on Netflix? Inventing Anna? Inventing Anna kind of came out around the same time. Mm-hmm. And it was, yeah. So the, I feel like those stories are kind of interlinked in my mind. But I mean, we saw it with Anna Delvey, like the, the outfits that she, you know, curated for her court cases and, and court appearances and what that did for her brand that she was getting, you know, fashion shops while she was on, you know, the, the witness stand and all this kind of stuff. I just think to think that, you know, seeing her as this kind of, 
lowly, you know, mum to be who's, yeah. you know, scared about her future and got conned and wanted to do the right thing for healthcare. I just think it's a bit. But that's it. Like, I, I know I just accused her of being Machiavellian and getting pregnant for the for sympathy, but I genuinely i genuinely believe that she lied to investors because yeah. she genuinely believed that she was going to be able to make her dream happen and that she just got carried away with it yeah. and she didn't stick to it when it didn't work she didn't knuckle down and do the work and she yeah. kind of got carried away with this idea of being a fortune 500 leader and and inspiring women because she did inspire so many women yeah. and I genuinely believe her heart maybe was in a good place, but she just let the greed and the corruption yeah. and the power take her over. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I kind of agree. I also have the opinion that I feel like, you know, her heart was in the right place. She wanted to do good. I, I think the doing good and the, you know, the benefit that this would have had was a lucky coincidence to a, you know, like changing healthcare I, th- I think it mm-hmm. wasn't about the result of that change but more being the person to revolutionize yeah. healthcare and you know what that would look like as a woman under 30 and Jesus mm. like how I would be like you know that would that would be in the history books for the rest of time and I think you know the fact that this would have helped so many people I think was just a was like a was a nice little cherry on top of that okay. kind of image yeah I'd mm. agree I'd agree with that and I, I think it kind of is like it didn't really matter what the thing that made her kind of a tycoon was she just wanted to be a tycoon and a billionaire yeah. and to be seen in this way because like you only like you know if you if you've listened through to the podcast they have a couple of people on who like say got like either false or misleading results as a yeah. result of using the Terranos test they talk to people working in the labs who sort of were throwing out or getting rid of tests or saying, oh, we, you know, that like pretending they'd mm-hmm. lost results because they didn't want to acknowledge that the, the systems aren't working. And this is people's actual health. So like, yeah. you know, the, the impact being carried out on, and you don't like, there's obviously the stories that have been identified and the people that have been spoken to, to in the podcast, but you don't know how many other people got misleading or bad mm-hmm. at results from a Terranos test and then ended on, ended up like, with cancer or ended up with some other sort of ailment that wasn't discovered for a longer period because they were like, oh, I got that Theranos test. I don't need another one now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. By the time the machines were in those Walgreens, she had gone too far. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, I'm I'm curious to see when her, when her sentence actually starts. I'm also, it's a time of sentencing. You, are you guys Housewives fans? Not especially. I got I got into to Beverly Hills in lockdown, and then once I got my once I got my life back, I sort of you're like, oh, there's 27 series of RuPaul in the next month, so I'm not (laughs) going to be able to dive into this one. Um, for Housewives fans, we are waiting in I think it's next week or next weekend. Um, Jen Shaw is waiting for her sentencing for uh, she's a real mm. housewife of Salt Lake City housewife um, and she's also being sentenced I think before the end of November so we will cover that on here as well I'm sure um, whether you want us to or not I know I talk about housewives pretty much every week um, but yeah we'll is, move is on housewives a possible pivot for Olivia Wilde? No Oh that would be a step down I think Do we see like, Sorry, no offence I... to, 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 to the housewives franchise Oh no, no! I one hundred percent agree. Did, did, uh, did we see that um, Heidi Klum is reportedly in talks to join Beverly oh, Hills, wow. which would be, be really that interesting. would be like that would Amazing. that would be the coup. That would yeah. be the coup. Right? Like I think oh, that would be really really good. I it, it reminds me of like the Yolanda Hadid 
when she came in like she just brought such a different energy to the group yeah. and like it was all her famous ties and it was just yeah she was great so I think Heidi Klum could definitely be of the same ilk so I'm hoping yeah. that that's real I know there's also been reports of um uh what's her name oh, Simmons what's her name Oh, Kimora Lee Simmons. Is that her name? Oh, yes. yeah, Kimora Lee Simmons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dean she, Simmons' ex-wife. Yes, yeah. been, she's been reported for a long time as well. Okay. Um, and I know they're they're delaying filming for the next season because they are trying to see if about what kind of tweaks they'll do. So we shall see if Heidi Klum uh, of Victoria's Secret fame uh, will will make an appearance. Right, that's news that we covered. We are going to move on to stuff that we have been loving this week, stuff that has brought us joy. I am going to mention this because you brought it up earlier, James. I had hoped and had earmarked the crown for my love of the week for this week. And it just wasn't the case. I was so disappointed with what felt like such a softball series. I don't know if they balked it given the climate that we're in that, you know, Queen Elizabeth has obviously died in September and, you know, there's Harry's book coming and, you know, were they nervous of potentially too much backlash from hardcore royalists? I, I don't know. It was just soft for one of the most yeah hectic decades and our periods uh, of the royal family for, for us to get that. It was like... I mean, they spent approximately i think th- three of the the 10 episodes were focusing on the panorama I- interview they did a whole like spin-off episode on like meet the alphayeds that we didn't need yeah that like i actually enjoyed that episode though i actually thought it was really interesting how he was trying to ingratiate himself in british society i, I liked just- it but i felt like we didn't get enough of the other stuff like i liked that episode mm-hmm. but it felt like it, it, it was just an imbalance like we hardly saw Amelda Staunton like we hardly saw her. Yeah. Like I was good at this game. I actually have only watched seven episodes, but I don't care if you spoil it because obviously it's history. But yeah. <laughs> Diana dies. <laughs> <laughs> not, not this season. Not, no, not <laughs> yeah, because actually Princess Margaret. I was like, I think I saw an episode about Princess Margaret. I was like, oh, here she goes. But my boyfriend was like, no, no, she'll she'll survive till next season. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I do I do kind of think that they 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 kind of, if they want they they could have covered more time. Like I think they could have done. Yeah. the whole like Diana's death and aftermath in this season. And like, I, I kind of felt like, Oh, do you think, you think that they could have brought yeah. all the nineties in? I, I, yeah, I feel like I'm not like, I mean, I know like, it, cause I just, it felt like we got an awful lot of just sort of like hand wringing kind of stuff that was really unnecessary. And it was like this whole bit with like Boris Yeltsin coming over and like that, yeah. like whole like extended, incredibly gruesome scene of them, like murdering the Romanoffs. And it was just a bit like, there's so much stuff that we don't need here. I think they could have like, you know, picked up the pace a little bit like the episode. Yeah. I quite liked the episode with the divorce. I thought that was like nicely done, like showing them and like intersplitting it with like other couples who've been divorced. And it was yeah. sort of like, that was effective. But I think that they could have brought it up to like Diana dying and then done like kind of like almost brought it up to maybe like 2012 and finished there because I think that (laughs) but I think that because like in a way that would have been a, like a, a really good the rapid fire Shakespearean death episode. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Princess Margaret said, oh, the Queen Mother's dead as well. Oh my God. <laughs> the death, 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 death. <laughs> three weddings and a funeral or three funerals and a wedding. <laughs> That's my next season of, 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 but no, but I do think that like, you know, really? it started, it started out with the car or like with the, the storylines around the coronation and kind of like the massive popularity. And I think that 
if you think back to 2011, 2012, when William got married and they had the Olympics, that was probably the next like real proper high point of where they had fully realized the popularity of the royal family again. It was that like moment again. Yeah. So I, I felt like kind of finishing it there would have been interesting. But I just said like there was so much that I didn't care about. Like I was on my merge mansion the whole time. Yeah. I, I actually... Sorry. Yeah, go. No, go, Ken. I actually have the opposite opinion because I was all excited for the Diana stuff. And so far, anyway, the next episode is the Martin Bashir episode that I'm at. I've actually found the Diana stuff less interesting because I've seen all the documentaries. I've seen the real life yeah. footage and I don't care for this replica footage of it. Yeah. So I actually find Mr. Fayad and his agreciation with English society really interesting. I enjoyed that Russian episode. I actually find the other sort of historical bits I didn't know about more interesting because I'm yeah. like, actually, this Diana stuff isn't giving me what I want because yeah. I've kind of seen it on already. But and you I know what I what I really wanted was what a lot of what we saw in season four, which was, you know, Elizabeth and Charles their relationship and that idea that you know mm. he is he is becoming an adult now and he is now like that that idea that he's going to be the next king became a lot more real because he yeah. was an adult and he was working you know harder as a as a you know active member of the royal family and and their relationship of you know how does elizabeth be his boss and his mentor but also his mother but mm. also his pr agent but also his all this stuff yeah and then also navigating through his relationship with Diana and his marriage and what that looks like and the difficulties that that relationship kind of brought to Elizabeth's door and her relationship with her son. And I actually really wanted to see more of the Elizabeth Charles fallout through the breakdown of Charles and Diana's Mm. relationship, you know, how he handled it, the interview he gave where he admitted to having the affair. We didn't even see her have a conversation. Like it just felt like, we missed a lot of that internal politics that yeah. we got in seasons yeah. past. But do we think that's True. because we as an audience are so much more aware of this decade 100%. and this season I, that they were yeah. like, we can't really fluff it out with conversations this time because everyone kind of know knows. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I suppose it like hasn't for, stopped them before, but yeah. But no. well, I, I think that there was just a, set, a case of they, they maybe had, um, like they, they put stuff in there that didn't really seem necessary. Like that whole episode where, you know, Prince Philip had like a, a friend who was riding carriages. Yeah. And it was like, and it was like, and, then, and the whole bit of it was like, oh, will the queen realize that actually her family were responsible for, for the killing of the Romanovs? Because I enjoyed it, but I was like, give me more of that. Explain more mm. of it or yeah. have it be something that feels like emotionally compelling rather than get to the end. And the queen's like, yes, I already knew, actually. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, okay, cool. And I was like, who is this woman? And why is she coming to Sandringham? Why have we introduced her? Prince Philip is the most boring character in this entire thing. We don't need any of him. Like, like it would be more interested. Like, also, like, show me more of Andrew. Yeah. Show me more of Andrew. You know? I think the I think the Andrew I don't like the Andrew stuff. I feel it's just pandering to the headlines. And I think like had this been made without the Andrew headlines, we wouldn't have seen Andrew. Whenever I see him, I'm there. We, I'm like, we're only seeing him because he's a pedo. Well, I do. I do think the Eventually. one time he was brought up was the so, the toe sucking, right? Like that yeah. was kind of the one yeah. moment. And that, I mean, that was at the time. Yeah. Really and big that news. made sense. So, so kind of, but I know divorced. what you're saying. It's kind of this nudge at like, there's Andrew guys. Like, you know, there yeah. is that kind of, yeah, for sure. But yeah, I don't know. I just felt like it, it just fell short. I feel like I didn't get, you know. I even... feel like, sorry to. No, I, go on. I feel like, if they hadn't had to deal with the Epstein stuff and Andrew wasn't known as a pedophile, this season could have been more interesting in that it would have been able to feature more the dynamic between the royal couples. So it would have yeah. been able to let the Queen and the and, and Prince Philip move on into like a bit more of a supporting role and you would have had like Fergie and, and Andrew and 
the other people like the, the, those sort of other younger people and their children a bit more because I think yeah. that's the problem is that like you just you're so limited on the characters you're seeing and then a lot mm-hmm. of them are kind of True. like Margaret has done nothing but she seems she just sort of sits there being a sad reminder of yeah the amazing Vanessa Kirby in season one and two oh yeah, yeah. do you know what I thought um the actress who played uh Princess Anne looked like an older Vanessa Kirby like she, I thought they actually yeah. looked really similar. So which every mm-hmm. time she came on, I was just like, "Oh, that's Princess Margaret," and I was like, "No, no, no that's Princess yes. Anne." <laughs> you know, uh, and I had to do the like, yeah, the woman with maths again. I'm like, "Who's related <laughs> to you?" We haven't even seen like Eugenie or anything on it before. No. And like, I think, I think there's a good point there to say that like having filled in the gaps of what we already know is kind of what the show can do. Nothing else can do, but yeah. they're just deciding to give us the stuff that we've already seen, and I think it's ultimately disappointing. Yeah. Okay. What I got? What have you guys been loving this week? What has been winners for you? TV, lifestyle, food, anything at all that's brought you joy? Uh, I wouldn't say I, this brought me joy, but I really enjoyed the latest Selena Gomez documentary. My mind. Okay. It's on Apple TV. Have you seen it? I've not seen it. Okay. So I've seen I would clips say... on TikTok. Okay. I would Which say... is the same thing, right? No, go on. Tell me, <laughs> is it worth it? I would say it's very good for what it's trying to be. If you want a tell all. Now there's a spin. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you want a tell all documentary on Selena Gomez and her relationship with Justin Bieber and her relationship with The Weeknd and the. the oh my God, her relationship with The Weeknd. Yeah. Marshmallow. Yeah. Uh, you're not going to get it. Basically, this okay. is. It documents her life as a reluctant pop star as she yeah. tries to negotiate physical and mental health issues between her lupus and her social anxiety and how she is dealing with that. And you see, yeah, honestly, very honest depictions of her being a bit bratty. Uh, the friends she has around her who are trying to keep her in check. Like at one point they ask her, is she going to go to her friend's birthday? And she goes, no, I need to sleep. And then that's the clip I had seen. Yeah. 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 I was like, do you think do you think I'm, I'm complaining about work? And, you know, her friend, the friends who are there are calling her out and you see her reckon with not wanting to be famous and being like, if I'm going to be famous, I have to use this for good and really trying to channel pushing for her mental health curricula in schools. Now, for some reason, she goes out to Kenya. I wasn't really sure what that was about for a while, but it was it ended up being kind of important about her realizing what she could do with her platform it's produced by alec kesheshian who did the madonna truth or dare documentary which is basically Mm -hmm. like the 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 gold standard for these documentaries and because i saw that i thought oh this is going to be like that truth or dare where you're going to see every side of madonna you don't but like i guess it's close to me like my family run a mental health charity and you know you hear her a lot do a lot of work about, about that and talking about mental health and talking about bipolar and having to deal with something she can't see and i think it's very honest and very honest and yeah i thought she came across really well in it even though she comes across like she comes across really honestly and you end up liking yeah. her because you see an honest <laughs> depiction rather yeah. than a constant PR spin and it's, it's just, it's a movie, right? It's not like a couple of episodes. Yeah, like it's, 90 okay. minutes thing, yeah. Okay, yeah. I feel like I should, I feel like I should. I've seen enough of the clips that I'm like, I'm kind of intrigued to get a little bit more framing around this, but mm. there's just so much telly on the moment that I'm just I know. like. True. It's sad so, though. Like it, it is sad. I wouldn't yeah. say it brings you joy, but it's, it's, it's honest. Yeah. yeah. 
James, what about you? What have okay. you been enjoying? Well, this will, this will bring us joy. This will bring us okay, joy. Okay, great. This is um, a television program that I've devoured over the last, maybe, uh, like, I, I devoured the first season maybe two or two, two months ago and the second season just in the last couple of days. Uh, you can get the first season on Paramount Plus. It's a, a show called La Brea uh, about okay. a group of Los Angeles who fall through a sinkhole in the middle of Los Angeles to 10,000 BC where they have to fight wow. woolly mammoths and woolly rhinos and they have to figure out how did they end up back here wow like bonkers batshit bananas crazy ridiculous tv show it has all of the like cgi of like a 90s episode of stargate it is like i I don't know it's like your xena warrior princess fantasy it it, I, i think that like it is just one of those things you can just completely turn off your brain during i have needed that because like when you've got lots going on, you're in and out, you've got lots of stuff. You, you need a TV yeah. show that is just going to like help you just kind of tune out entirely. And I definitely yeah. enjoy it. Lots of sexy people running around the place, kind of getting into scrapes. Yeah, I'm looking at the walls. I'm looking at the, one of the pictures here on Google Images. That guy's Irish. The the kind of um, the longer the, like, haired fella. Yeah, with the scaggly beard. Yes, yeah. Gavin. Like, Ooh, is he Irish in the show? No, he's not Irish in the show. <laughs> Gavin. Um, okay, yeah, no, I'm totally with you. Sometimes you need a show. I'm kind of like that with Grey's Anatomy. Like, I'm so tempted to go back and start from the start because I need something that I can be like, I'm just going to put this on for the next hour and a half while I'm like cleaning or doing stuff I actually do. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I need some background telly. Maybe this, where are you watching it? I'm watching Paramount? it on Paramount, Paramount Plus. Um, first season's up there, 10 episodes. You know, it's not changing any. It's not winning any awards. I'm not 100 percent sure it's Is coming it back for season to three. Actually, subscribe to Paramount Plus. It's good enough to use your like seven day free okay. trial. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. I like that measurement of of investment. You know, like, do I am I paying a monthly subscription or is this the free? Yeah. I'm at the point now where I might be having to pay a monthly subscription for Bad Sisters. You know, I've heard a lot of a lot of oh, stuff about it, so it's, I think I might. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's so worth it. Please, okay. Like, do it's it's so worth it. Um. Okay. Cool. I think Paramount Plus. There's a lot coming to Paramount Plus as well next year. I think there is. Yeah. I think it's so, gonna. I think it's gonna get big. Pretty. I, I, like a lot. Like a lot of your sitcom faves are on there as well. So I think. Yeah. It's good Right, we spoke about some celebrity splits at the start of the episode. We also gave a brief mention to Cena Gomez in the weekend, which is a celebrity couple to just like flash <laughs> into my mind with such clarity when you said it. And um, we asked you guys, the listeners, about celebrity couples that you wished were still together. Um, a lot of similar answers coming through. Any guesses to who they might be, you guys? I feel like you're going to I grab. I hope there's one of them. no Brad and Angeline, or not Brad and Jennifer. Oh, Brad there's and like, Jen. Oh, there's too to. many Brad and Jens. There's oh, two. Yeah, we did get one. Um, Jen and Justin, which I shout okay. out to oh, you who yeah. wanted. I guess you were talking about Jen last week, so like it was in everyone's head, I suppose. When you asked, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I, I think I think Jen and Justin would be a good one to see back together. They always felt like yeah. they were they were very happy. We also had a lot of um uh Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams. Oh. oh which I think look, I like him and Eva Mendes together. We just don't get a lot of their content. So like I think it's just because at that time we just got so much of Rachel yeah. and Ryan and the, the jump at the MTV movie awards, the kiss and oh D- so did good. anyone say uh, Brian and Vogue? 
nobody said Brian Vogue. Actually, I was talking to someone about Brian and Vogue only yesterday. I was like, flashback. I'm not saying that's mine. I was just curious. <laughs> we got quite a few Andrew Garfield and Emma Stones. Mm. Uh, we got Chloe and Lamar. I mean, okay. from Clo- from from Lamar, just sentimental. From Lamar. <laughs> um, Louise and Jamie Redknapp, Justin and Brittany, um, Taylor Lautner and Taylor Swift, which I thought was a good one. <laughs> um, someone said Andrew Garfield and You're One, <laughs> which I presume was also Emma Stone. Uh, Penn Badgley and Blake Lively. Who else? Joshua Jackson and Diane Kruger, which I have to disagree with because I... Love oh, both of their yeah. relationships. Me too, absolutely. Gorge. Uh Gwyneth and Brad. I would uh, I would love to see what that looks like in I think video. that would yeah, work. Now. Me too, yeah. Yeah. They it's said imagine the brand. Like Oh my God. Come on. Uh Pete and Kim. <laughs> uh Heidi Klum and Seal. Jeez, we were talking about her as well. Um, <laughs> Alex and Alexa, who's that? Why am I Alex and Alexa? Alex, Alex and, Alexa. and Alexa. I'm not trying to. Do it. Is this a Love Island? Oh, I'm like, Alex this... Turner and Alexa Chung. Oh, there we go. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Rob Kardashian and Adrian Ballon. Do you remember them when oh, they were together? Oh, back in the first, back in the early days, back in the yeah. early days. <laughs> were they engaged? I can't yeah. remember. No, no I can't. No, uh, Olivia Wilde and Jason Sudeikis, Zac Efron and Vanessa Hutchins. And Channing Tatum and Jenna Dwan, or Channing Tatum and Jesse J, which we always forget. Lindsay Lohan and Samantha Ronson. I was here for Lindsay's oh, last Yes. Oh, that was a good <laughs> one. I'm just going to Google wild celebrity couples because I'm like, there's definitely some mad pairings that we're forgetting about. Um, oh, some of them are just so, you just forget they were together. Sorry, Tom Cruise and Cher. Tom Cruise oh, and Katie. Donkeys and Cher, though, actually. Madonna and Tupac. Was that real? As real as most of those relationships are. Apparently, whether it was a real relationship or not, they officially were boyfriend and girlfriend. Okay. Mm -hmm. Who who else is coming up on the Google search? Oh, Ryan Reynolds and Alanis Morissette. Remember them as a couple? Oh, yeah. Lads. It's just such a time warp when you look at these people together. You're like, wow, you were really together. Elon yeah. Musk and Grimes. Oh my gosh. I, <laughs> oh. I was trying to think of who would be the one that I actually would be like, oh, I'd yeah. love to see them back together. And it is, I think, Amy Poehler and Will Arnett. I think yeah. the two of them together, I really enjoyed. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I could see that. I'm trying to think who would it be for me? Like, who was it that I was actually genuinely upset? I'm trying to think of like queer, like famous queer couples that have broken up that I want to get back together, but I can't think of that many other than Lindsay and, and Sam. And I was Liza and David Guest. <laughs> <laughs> Celebrated queer couple. <laughs> oh, David's dead. Oh, God. Uh, oh, yeah. Who who would I want back together? I feel I don't want Brad and Jen back together. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want no. those. I don't want those couples back. Um. There's definitely someone that I'm like, oh, they were so good. Do you know who I did like was um so random? Rachel Wilson and Bill Hader. Do you remember when they were together? Oh, yeah. For yeah. like a New York minute. They, oh, I thought they were so cute. Who else? Hilary Duff and Joel Madden. 
we won't unpack that. <laughs> just, just Google dates of births, guys, okay? Um, Hilary Duff oh. and Wilbur Valderrama. Okay. Oh. Wilbur is n- a nobody. Yeah. No, no. We should be in jail. Uh, <laughs> for the same reason Cheapers as before. Creepers. Uh, oh my God, do you remember Emily Blunt and Michael Bublé throwback? No, I don't remember that at all. Yeah, no. they were together for a long while. A no. long while. Um, okay, that's enough of me scrolling on Google Images. Um, guys, thank you so much for being here. Um, no it's always it was a pleasure. A I actually feel genuinely better. I yeah, think you did. You weren't wilting at all. You <laughs> no, like, through. good woman. I and like I have a fountain drink of Coke here beside me, and I was like, I can't drink this on camera because it just looks so like. <laughs> It's like over. a super gulp, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, like the cup is huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like a crane that drops it in in front of me. Like, uh, but I haven't. You're even actually needed... wearing those straw glasses, and I can see the cup going both your eyes Just... and into your mouth. <laughs> oh Christ! One final question before we go to, to bring it back to where we all started. Um, are you going to be watching Love Island Winter? Yeah, yeah, I am. Hundred <laughs> percent. Like because. We're such gluttons for punishment. It, it, it's it's the conversation, whether it's good or bad. That's what people are talking about. Yeah, that's what people are talking it. about. It. Yeah, I know. It's the FOMO, isn't it? It's not being involved in those those yeah. conversations. Oh, I couldn't. It's hard and, for eight weeks. Like, I think I said this on, on my bottom paper last time. Like it's the closest we get to a monoculture these days. You know, but that's yeah. that everything's watching. Yeah. Guys, stay strong through this hectic RuPaul period. <laughs> James, I'm, I'm excited to see what... Passages new. Yeah, what that looks like for after, after Who January. knows? I, I, I'll still be very open to speaking about, about Love Island. Don't worry. Oh, I'll be okay, heading, oh, heading, heading oh, off right. to be more serious in my life about the old gays. But don't worry, I'm not leaving reality TV behind for too long. <laughs> Look, we, all, we all need our escapism, you know? Uh, James and Kean from Sissy That Pod. You can find it Everywhere you get your podcasts, it's there. Um, thank you so much for being here. Oh, we always have such a laugh on my bottom paper, and I'd like to think we'll do the same on this podcast going forward. Um, have a great week. I wish good things to you for the week ahead and to you guys listening. We are getting so close to Christmas, guys. I know it's probably everyone's really busy at work now. Like, starting Can I there. ask, did you, have you got everything uh, bought, like you said you were last week? No. No, not a fucking thing. Just not checking. a fucking thing. Now, what I did do is is kind of push. Uh, what I did do is sign up for the Secret Santa website that my sister generated for us. Um, so I've that's all. That's literally all I have done. Okay. So thanks for that shout out. I'm heading into a Sunday <laughs> evening now, feeling like I've failed with the one task I set myself last week. <laughs> Perfect. Let's start as we need to go on. Keen and James, thank you so much. Have a great week. Uh, we'll be back next week with loads more celebrity news. We'll talk to you then. Bye. Thank you so much to my guests, Keen and James of Sissy That Pod, for joining me this week on the podcast. And thank you to you guys for tuning in each and every week. You can find us over on Instagram and TikTok at don'tquoteme.podcast. And you can also find us on all of your favorite podcast apps so you can listen whenever and wherever you like. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode and all of the latest gossip. We'll talk to you then. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.